Another episode of the Left Winters podcast, hosted by Lauren, Ross, and me, Brandon. In today's episode, we are joined by a panel of young Fabians to discuss what it means to be a Fabian and what changes the Fabian Society wants to see in how the party is run. To a bit of history, the Fabian Society was founded in 1884 and has historically attracted many prominent left-wing thinkers. The early Fabians were committed to non-violent political change and played an important role in the foundation of the party in 1900. In fact, the society is the only original founder of the party that remains affiliated today in an unchanged form. The panellists we have today are fantastic, and we're eager to hand over to them so that they can introduce themselves. So, turning to our panel, who are you, and what role do you play in the Young Fabians? Hi, I'm Adam. My pronouns are he, him, and I am the current chair of the Young Fabians until... November 21st when my when my term is up. Um, I'm Amber Khan, my pronouns are she and her, and I am the blog editor for the Young Fabians. Hi, I'm Amy, my pronouns are she, her. I'm the Northwest Women's Officer and the chair of the University of Manchester Young Fabians. Hi, my name is George, my pronouns are he slash him, and I'm the chair of the Young Yorkshire and Humberside Fabians. Thanks for joining us. Um, a good place to start would be, who are the Young Fabians and what are your values? Being the chair, I should probably chime in here. So, you know, the Young Fabians are a non-factional, uh, youth-led think tank that has an elected management board where our values are very clear openness. We don't take positions on policy. We just come up with ideas for discussion. I very much see ourselves as a training ground for the future of the left, uh, where people, young activists, can come, understand policy, get access to shadow ministers, do writing, create events, uh, go to staff, you know, network effectively with activists. And, you know, I think this year definitely succeeding in doing that with all the stuff we've managed to do. We don't necessarily stand for much, but Fabianism in general is about um, creating radical change through incrementalism by making sure that you do things one step at a time. And by doing that, you know, you are more likely to create the change that you want to see in the world. And, you know, me and Amber were talking before this about incrementalism and about gradualism and how it's actually created some of the biggest and best pieces of change that we've seen in this country, including you know, women getting the vote. I think that's uh, what as the example Amber used. You know, the creation of the NHS, it didn't just happen, it happened in stages. And one thing we've got to know when going into government and when looking at Labour's platform for the future is, you know, we don't have to do everything at once. We can't promise everything. We can't do everything. We have to probably have to make sure that we do things gradually and we do things so that people think they're achievable. And, you know, change doesn't happen quickly and change is not easy, but we are the party that believes in change issues like climate change, um, Black Lives Matter, these are things that need immediate and radical reform. And, you know, a critique could be, well, these are not issues that one should be pushing for gradual change on. And I agree, and I think everybody in the Fabian Society agrees. 
but I think crucially Fabianism addresses the issue which is one of practicality rather than a dilution of morals or values and it offers radical and incremental change which allows us to operate effectively and efficiently in the current political citizenry and government that we have and being involved in the society has made me think deeper than for example you know Black Lives Matter and this needs to change and it needs to change immediately but how can we change that? Who do we need to speak to to change that? How can I be a proper ally to the Black community? How can we create a nationwide, society-wide change for the better? So I think that is one of the key proponents of Fabianism and one of the reasons that I joined. Cool, thank you. I hope I didn't make Fabianism sound boring and dull. We are radicals. (laughs) That's the whole point. Like, If you do things bit by bit by bit and you have a strategic plan about how to deliver stuff, you can actually create change rather than promising the earth and delivering nothing. Uh, and that's the gradualism. You know, fa- the, the term Fabian comes from uh, Rome, Roman times when uh, Giza called Fabian uh, beat Hannibal by not by one big battle, but by, by lots of little skirmishes, cutting off a supply line here, strategic approach there, you know, cutting off that supply line, having a small skirmish over here by a hundred different actions he defeated the enemy rather than by one big action, which he would have lost. And that's the whole point. Like if you're going to achieve great change, you, you know, go all house of cards, you know, you don't just uh, eat a whale, you do it bite by bite. Uh, and that's possibly one of the better ways of putting it. I think inclusivity is a really big um, value of the young Fabians as well, because it's non-factional. I think it's, it's very welcoming. Like since I've come in, I haven't met anyone like nasty or rude in the Young Fabians. And I think having like, the BAME advocacy group, the Women's Network, and hopefully soon the LGBT plus advocacy group. Yeah, it's really, really good. And I think inclusivity is a huge part of the Young Fabians. I was also just going to chime in very quickly that whilst I can't be as anywhere near as eloquent as the other three speakers, I have a very small phrase, which I like to choose, which is basically the Young Fabians is passion wrapped up in practicality. It is that all of us have got this beautiful understanding of kind of what society needs. All of us know that change needs to happen. However, it's about looking at how it works. Like it's, it's why the Young Fabians over the last few years has to be very unkind to ourselves, been associated as policy wonks. And that's because we are, you know, we, we like to actually understand how it all works. It's, it's basically the whole point of the um, Fabians, in my opinion. Okay, thanks for your contributions on that. The next question comes from Will, who's one of our uh, newly launched Left Wingers community. Why should someone get involved with the Fabians, and what are the benefits of being a member? I shied away from Young Labour, much like most people do, for pr- to preserve themselves. The Young Fabians gives you the ability to do lots of stuff, right? We offer a platform to people who are policy wonks who want to study, who want to try and develop their skills and understanding and have access. You become a member, like Amy, Amy's a good example, Amma's a good example, George is another good example. You know, George came to us with a proposal to set up a, set up a young Fabian group and we went through it. Amy came along and wanted to be part of uh, the Northwest Young Fabians and then went and created her own society at her university. And, that, and has been prolific on the blog and has been instrumental in lots of great work. And McCann, you know, we put, out a, we put out a co-option call to have people come and join us as a blog editor. Uh, and Amber, you know, topped, topped a number of applications and has done an absolutely fantastic job. 
and you know, I don't think I don't I don't think we could have got any luckier in getting a person like Amber in that role. It was fantastic. The idea being that if you want to come and have access to shadow ministers, guess what? Over the last year, we've had forty plus Labour MPs on our events. You know, we have a podcast, we have a blog, we're putting out five different policy papers this year. You know, if you want to come and you want to have access to ministers, you want to train yourself into being an activist and grow a network of people and, you know, have access to different people from different networks, whether it's BAME advocacy group, the LGBTQIA plus advocacy group, women's network or anything else, we can offer you a platform like none of the other parts of the labour movement can because of our grassroots approach to uh, developing programs and developing different projects. If you as an activist want to do stuff and you want to grow a portfolio of work, then the Young Fabians is probably the best place to do that, in my opinion. I would say that I am chair. So, so something that I say to my friends is that you might not be interested in politics, but politics is definitely interested in you. Um, politics as we all know, affects every area of our lives and whether we choose to engage or not, decisions are being taken on our behalf every day. And we all have the agency individually and as a collective to influence our local community, nationally and globally, to affect positive change and decisions. So we should take grasp of that opportunity. And I think the Young Fabians is a great place to start if you're left leaning. And it doesn't really matter where you are in your political journey. And what I would also say is that the last parliament, you know, for all of its failings, um, was one of the most diverse parliaments ever, I think. And, you know, there's still clearly a lot of work to do when it comes to diversity and lack of ethnic minorities and women and the intersectionality between lack of ethnic minority women in politics as a whole isn't because these people have a lack of ideas, drive, talent and ambition, but chiefly because of a lack of opportunity and that initial getting your proverbial foot through the door is much harder for these kinds of people. And that's why I would say that if you're a woman or if you're an ethnic minority or if you're from a liberation group or you identify yourself as from a liberation group, then the Young Fabians is the perfect place to be if you're interested in politics. There are training programs and the likes targeted at getting people from liberation groups from across the board more visible, present and involved at every level of government and politics whether you, know, you have aspirations to be an MP, there's a training program for that. If you have aspirations to get a job in policy, we have the network and connections to do that. And I think one of the driving forces in the Young Fabians is making sure that underrepresented groups are given a voice. Um, so that's why I would definitely um, suggest joining the Young Fabians if you're on the left. First off, I just wanted to completely agree with Amber. I think a lot of people are passionate about issues and don't realise that that's politics, if that makes sense. So I think maybe bridging that gap and making them realise that actually policy affects them, whether they want it to or not, is really important. And I think the young Fabians do have a lot to offer. Just a lot of people aren't aware of it. They kind of stick to young labour or they kind of shy away from it and don't get as involved as maybe they should be. Um, I think there's a huge opportunity to write, whether it's in the blogs or there's loads of policy reports going through all the time that you can contribute to. And policy discussions, like recently the UN um, 75 Dialogue, they did um, an event with the Young Fabians where we got to contribute um, 
to this UN initiative, which was really exciting. So I think it's definitely a great way to put your voice out there if you're just starting in politics and you want to kind of build yourself up. It's a really great way to do that. So I'm going to say something that is very controversial. Um, about two years prior to joining the Fabian Society, I joined the Labour Party. And when I joined the Labour Party, in terms of policy, in terms of understanding it, I was a complete idiot. I was someone who had no education in terms of political matters. I entirely got involved because of enthusiasm. So in, sorry, in the previous answer, I referenced kind of passion, right to be practicality. I had the passion and it's all there. Now, about a year ago, I was going through a um, conference and I was stopped um, by a member of the Young Fabians. Uh, I still feel sorry to them every day because I nattered them some for half an hour and generally chatted about what sort of mismatch understanding I had of issues at the time because policy has never been my strongest area. And fast forward to a year and I'm prepping the groundwork to launch my first pamphlet investigation with my network. The Young Fabians presents an opportunity to not only kind of educate but like discover new things. So, for instance, my network, since you know, I'm in charge of it, I've got a little bit of independence, but where I do of it, what we kind of look at is focusing on regional issues, which I think is a very underrated and underexplored aspect of UK politics. Nobody particularly understands Yorkshire nearly as well as they should do. So I, I think the Young Fabians, if you want to consider joining it, is a fantastic opportunity to um, not only combine like research and studying, but also with your own kind of political education and growth. I've only been a member since May, but... I haven't really interacted with you, sorry, Josh, but like Amber and um, Adam have been so great. Like Adam always sends you these things. He's like, do you want to get involved in this? Do you want to do this? And Amber's like, I think I annoy her so much because I keep sending loads of things that I want to write on, but they're always so nice. So definitely get involved. So you guys have spoken a bit about um, Fabians being like a think tank in a way. So could you elaborate a bit more about how the Young Fabians and the Fabian societies are structured? So how are the Young Fabians structured? Great question. Uh, Young Fabians has one central executive committee, which has 12 elected members, which has to be gender balanced uh, from the election. Um, we can also choose to co-opt on five additional non-voting members to the central national executive committee. Uh, then we have 10 separate policy networks, ranging from everything from arts and culture policy to international education, uh, environment and so on uh, and then beyond that we then have uh, regional and national groups so we actually have uh, at the moment we have six established with another four or five coming uh, along which is quite nice and then beyond that we have a BAME advocacy group and an, a nearly established LGBTQIA plus advocacy group uh, which people should hear about relatively soon and all of those roughly 20 extra committees outside of the ordinary committee should have at least three exec members so actually within the young fabians we actually have about 70 72 elected officers um, which requires a lot of different people doing a lot of different work um, and that's where the diversity comes within not just who we are who we try and promote but also in the subjects we cover networks we reach areas we look into policy that we try and develop and then we are we have oversight from the Fabian Society's uh, National Executive Committee and on that committee are people like Annalise Dodds, Wes Streeting, Simon Mahotra and Kate Green and because the Young Fabians and uh, the Fabian Society in general is on the rise so Keir Starmer is the first ever Fabian Society exec member to become elected to get elected Labour leader 
and becoming elected Labour leader, he then resigned from the Fabian Society executive. And, you know, prior to, in, in the previous administration, there were no, none of the MPs that were on the committee apart from Starmer were in the shadow cabinet, and now all of them are. And because I'm the chair and because we have all of our networks and committees, we get direct access straight into front benches now. You know, if we need MPs to be at events, it's not that much, it's not difficult at all now because of the access that we now have. And the structure of the Young Fabians allows us to engage with every part of the front bench and their teams and the policy units behind them. The idea would be to come up with assistance packages and do research for those different policy teams and you know, hopefully a legacy that I'm going to leave when whoever takes over from me is going to have as good established links with policy teams so that when someone wants something looking into and they don't have budget to go to a think tank, they can come to us and we can have our young activists look into it on, on, uh, on behalf of front benches. So, George, you were the founder of one of the first regional networks. Could you tell us a little bit more about what that entails? My job basically is just to facilitate what members want. Like, if they want meetings or access to certain MPs, then I'm the port of call. I communicate with the other networks. That's um, kind of my role. Uh, that can also mean anything from, so for instance, I'm trying to right now set up a kind of events catalogue and season, talk about certain policy things, and also kind of get pamphlets going off the back of that. So devolution is the kind of big focus of this year because uh, we're going to be seeing some lovely events coming up in regards to the impending implementation of the um, West Yorkshire devolution deal, the um, Sheffield uh, City Region Mayor coming up to its first ever re-election, the potential of Humberside devolution deal finally being scraped together. So on, on the back of that, we're currently planning to launch research packets into local government and affecting kind of the background of that. Um, yeah, I, I would say kind of just that same thing in our remit. So just going between members, organising things, um, getting meetings underway, setting up research, um, and also just communicating with our networks. So. so the Northwest Young Fabians, I think, is the biggest regional Young Fabian group outside of London. So we did some research and we found out that only 12% of the members were women, which is obviously not great. So um, we've been really trying to reach out to CLPs across the Northwest to encourage more female members in the Northwest. So hopefully we'll be on the rise soon. Antics is our print magazine publication and then the blog kind of goes hand in hand with that. And I just wanted to talk about some first-hand experience that um, as a blog editor, I can see that the young Fabians really do embrace debate and difference. What's been really heartening to see as a blog ed editor is to see the engagement and discussion spark from articles that people have written and the kind of thoughtful but respectful and considered counter arguments in the form of articles, you know, comments, asking for other people's emails so they can talk about it further, and this kind of culture within the young Fabians where somebody can present an idea and kind of have that have that idea heard and critiqued or you know developed by others in a fair and com I hate to say this word but comradely way. <laughs> and what's also been really heartening to see obviously no one faction of the left has a monopoly on good ideas and policy. Um, and the young Fabians has never stood for that. And it's very, very clear to see in the blog as well. There'll be you know, articles on a whole range of different things from a whole range of places on the left. And it's 
always really interesting to read other people's ideas, other people's arguments. And I think one of the best things about being a blog editor is being able to engage with these people and you know talk to different people about their ideas, talk to different people about their kind of policy platforms. And you know, I hope that everybody does go on the blog and have a read because we've had some really, really amazing contributions this year. Just reference what Amber's doing so she can talk about it. So Amber managed to secure with for us uh, the editor in chief of New Statesman for a writing competition we're doing. So Amber, I didn't know if you wanted to mention that as well because. I think you're underplaying yourself slightly there. Adam's just really, really kind, actually. <laughs> he says really nice things about everyone, but actually it's his excellent stewardship that has led to such a successful year for the Young Fabians. And he's actually, you know, whenever anybody has an idea, he's always on it, you know, always ready to give his thoughts, ready always to, like, give his support. And actually, I think the success of the Young Fabians this year is down to all the excellent members that we have and all the hard work that everyone's put in. But Adam can't underplay the work that he's done either. <laughs> Sorry, has this become a love in my role of saying really nice things about each other? <laughs> um, to talk about the political writing competition and get back on track, um, the entire point of the political writing competition was over my tenure as blog editor, I saw the quality of writing and the passion of the writers. And I really wanted to give these people an opportunity to showcase their talent and to give them an opportunity, you know, to be published in the New Statesman, which is, you know, a big deal. And it was the quality and the passion of the writers actually led to the inception of the idea of writing competition. And it was just really to engage with people and to give people an opportunity to write about something that they're passionate about. And I was particularly interested for people who might not consider themselves writers, who might never have had an article published before, who might, you know, have always wanted to talk about an idea or a policy platform, but maybe, you know, they didn't have kind of confidence or they didn't have the opportunity to do so. And I really wanted it to be an opportunity for these people to just talk about things that they're passionate about and to put out their policy ideas and to be confident in putting out their policy ideas. Because I, like I say, I mean, one of the best things about the Young Fabians is it's a space for debate and discussion. And I want, you know, a whole host of people to be able to contribute to, to that discussion. So that was kind of the impetus for the writing competition. And, you know, it was incredibly successful. We had a range of submissions on a range of different topics and the standard was excellent and it actually took us much longer than we initially anticipated to judge them all and pick 12 finalists because the standard really was that good and one of the best things about reading the different entries was you know no one entry was the same and even if we had you know three different submissions on universal basic income they all came at it from a different angle they all presented a different idea and I think that's one of the things that makes the Fabian such a great space as well, is that everybody, you know, looks at things from different angles, everybody comes with different ideas, and it's a great place to learn. I've learned a lot from reading other people's um, articles and submissions. So, yeah, really pleased to be able to run that. Thank you, guys, for your contributions to that question. Do you want to move on to the next one? What organisations do you work with to conduct your research? For fear of going first again. There's a few organisations that I really wanted to you know when you shared the questions with us in advance which was very helpful to help prepare for all of this um there are a few organizations that pe young people on the left need to know about across the united kingdom especially if they're in young labor 
because Young Labour, no offence to it, has been derelict, has had a dereliction of duty when it comes to working with other organisations to try and get their members opportunities to work with a range of people around Europe and around the world. Because of the Young Fabians partnership with the Young European Socialists, uh, which is the European-wide group of uh, youth wings of social democratic parties, it gives brilliant opportunities to members of it to go across the continent and engage in policy discussions and in activism and in networking. And for the last two, three, four years, Young Labour has not given any of its members, and therefore the Labour Party has given none of its members access to any of the opportunities, and it is a dereliction of duty. YES, as it's called, YES, has a summer camp every year, uh, every third year. It's actually the International Union of Socialist Youth Organisations, which, again, Young Labour is part of but never engages with, but the Young Fabians do. They have a congress every year, and they have the ability to tap into international networks and take place in policy discussions. In the last year, uh, the Young Fabians has sent four delegations across to the continent. We sent one on Green New Deal. Uh, me and my vice chair went to a leadership conference uh, we sent 12 people as a delegation to the European Parliament and also to uh, to another one. And then we also hosted in the UK uh, 60, uh, a bureau meeting, which is a Young European Socialist Committee meeting, basically, from with activists from all over Europe coming to the UK. Uh, and that was hosted by the Young Fabians, even though we're much smaller than Young Labour. Don't mean to rant about Young Labour, but, um, you know. We also partner with FEPS, which is a... Fabian Society like think tank where we've sending members we've sent three different sets of members between sort of two to five members we've got five members going to the next one where they go to a training session uh, which normally happens over the course of two or three days uh, we have also partnered with uh, Varendra Sharma's office to have to be the British delegation to the British South Asian Youth Summit where it was supported by the Foreign Office and the British Council. But the list goes on. The whole idea is, this is one thing I'd like more people to know about, is that, you know, the whole idea about being a chair of a thing or doing a thing is that you should be able to give as many opportunities to your members as physically possible. And if you're not doing that, you're being derelict in your duty. And I, it annoys me constantly. You know, I'm 31 now. I'm, def I'm aging out of all youth things. And I've seen... Too many committees just have chairs and committee members who are so stuck up their own arse that they don't they don't care about members and they don't care about you know devolving down opportunities to other people and platforming others. Whether that's because there's a big factional war going on or there's someone you know someone's got beef with somebody else or you know oh I'm not going to give that opportunity to that person because they're some you know nutty right winger or nutty trot or blah 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 you know that is a very unhealthy attitude and um you have to just trust people and you have to give opportunities and the whole point of getting elected to position should be to put the ladder down after you for other people so that they can get the opportunities that they need to train up to become a better activist so the Labour party can have a system where we can actually build activists up rather than destroying them i'm going to touch on something that you you've started talk to, talking about so you're all members of the Young Fabians, um, or you run the Young Fabians. Um, so how do you think we can train up young activists in the party? 
and give them a meaningful voice on how the parties run. Maybe we could start by not letting Adam get too old to not be chair anymore. That would be a good start. I think basically just to keep doing what we're doing, make sure that the national exec are giving opportunities to everyone, whether they've been involved for years or they've just got involved. I think it's really important that people think they don't have to have been in it for years or hold elected office to have opportunities. So I think just sharing that out and making sure that, you know, people know that they can take part in policy reports or write for the blog, just making sure that they know, like we do um, weekly newsletters to all the members so they know what they can get involved in. I think things like that are really good. So to kind of answer both this question and also the previous one of connections, over the summer, my big thing has been I wanted to do a pamphlet because that's, from the moment I joined the Fabians, that's what I liked about the pamphlets because those were always the best things. And um, what that basically has meant is I've gone through trawling through various local government sites, going through councils' emails, emailing them up and setting up so we've got a broad list of contacts for people to talk to. Now, what I've done with each of those is in each location, so we've got a Fabians member. I've set up a WhatsApp with them involved and basically mean that every time we do say have an interview with that person for research purposes or we decide to host an event with them, those people get the first point of knowledge and with those people they get the opportunity of do you want to ask the questions, do you want to host the event, do you want to you know basically just do what I would be doing if nobody else wants to do it because the last thing I want is my favourite network to basically be fronted by me because I, I believe that each one of my members are bloody lovely and that they deserve the best opportunities for it um i I think doing stuff like that by actually leading from the front and delegating power every opportunity is the way that we continue to you know train up our activists because it's my hope that every single one of the people in these whatsapp groups does something at one point and that they're the ones who i can just slap their credits on the pamphlet saying half of this was written by them because they've gotten that confident in it and that's well we'll see how that goes but i've got high hopes I think George hits it on the head there, you know, it's about devolving opportunity. I thought this was a really interesting and crucial question, actually. Um, and for fear of making this perhaps deeper than it needs to be, I watched the David Attenborough documentary that came out this weekend, Extinction. And what was striking, actually, was that in 1992, there was a summit at the UN and there was young people speaking about climate change and how urgent it was to take action and how, you know, we're all facing imminent destruction. And what really, really struck me was 30 years later, we're in exactly the same position. And we've seen exactly the same thing with Greta Thunberg, where she's stood on the international stage and she's turned around to these politicians at the UN, at all of these security councils. And she's actually said, look, we need to do something. The planet is dying and everyone's kind of patronizingly gone, oh, aren't you cute? here have a magazine cover instead of taking any kind of definitive action and I think that this is a crucial point for young activists is that not that we don't have the excellent ideas not that we can't you know mobilize not that we can't organize it's that when we actually get into these rooms everyone claps gives us a pat on the back and then kind of like you know off you go so that's why I think that the Young Fabians is an important space for young activists to train and to learn and to network and I think you know you're around like-minded people you're around like policy professionals and it gives you the confidence to be able to approach a government minister and say this is my idea and this is why it needs to be implemented you know the Young Fabians gives you the opportunity to write articles so that if later on you want to 
write a policy paper or you want to even do something like write to your own MP about something that you're not happy about, you know, it gives you the skills and it gives you the confidence to be able to do that. And I think, you know, the cultural zeitgeist at the moment, you know, it's entirely youth-led. All of the calls for radical change, all of the calls for radical action are coming from young people. And, you know, it's my hope that the work that we're doing as regional committees and executive committees is affording people the space and opportunity to grow as activists because, you know, I don't want to be in a position in 30 years time where I wish I had done more at this moment because I think we are at such a turning moment. So I think being Fabians is the perfect place to develop all of these skills in order to be the best activists that we can be. Can I just build on Amber's point? Um, one thing which I left school at 16 to go work in a builder's yard. I was uh, I went to go and clean down heavy machinery before it was rented out. And fast forward 12, 14 years, I'm the head of a youth-led think tank. The journey I went on was one where I got extremely lucky and I got great opportunities and I had loads of people help me. It was fantastic. Fuck all people get opportunities and they're getting less and less and less of them. And so on the left, we need to have the organisations that can, that can uh, instill that cultural and institutional knowledge in young activists so that when Greta Thunberg or the British version gets really pissed off because government minister X who sat on a board of some dirty oil company is actually regulating something to do with climate change, we need to have, we need to have a system, we need to have development pathways within the young left that means that a 19-year-old girl in Stockport who won't go to uni because she can't afford to um, and is doing an apprenticeship can join an organisation where she can understand the mechanics of government and then understand how to influence it and it's only by creating those processes and only by creating those systems within the party and within the wider political ecosystem that you're ever going to see any real bedrock of political change. We need to be training young activists and we need to be teaching them how government works and that comes down to policy and that comes down to understanding. You know, when I went to, when I had my interview to go and study at university, said lecturer term asked, do you know how many MPs there are in parliament? I said, I, I actually don't, I just don't know. Um, I didn't know barely what parliament was or what it stood for. I didn't know what Whitehall was. And the whole idea is you need better systems that can train people in political education in a non-factional way, in a non-academic background, in simple terms, because much like at school, I wish I'd have learned what a credit card was and what uh, a mortgage is and what my tax returns meant to say. When I become a young activist in the Labour Party or in the Labour movement, no one tells me what an MP is. No one tells me what a minister is. No one tells me what policy is. No one tells me what a white paper is or what, what a green paper is or what's a private member's bill or why should I give a shit about... Uh, what some lord who looks like my granddad said the other day, it matters and people need to know why it matters and how to change it. Okay, we'll make this one quick. What's one thing that sets the young Fabians apart from other youth groups and other factions within the party? Simple question to that answer is opportunity. Uh, it's about the young Fabians is probably the place where regardless of what faction of the Labour Party you're from, you can come and have your ideas heard, filled out, developed, and then a platform will give you a platform to speak on them. But then beyond that, we'll also give you, you know, if you come to me and you say, I'd like to do an event on X, 
I will book a room or I'll set the Zoom up. I will find you speakers and I will give you a date and I'll do all the mechanics behind it just to make sure. But the, uh, the tax on that, the tax you'll get on that is that your job is to do that for the next person. That's, that, that's the tax. I'll do it for you and it's your job to do it for the person after you. And that's one thing that the Young Fabians does that I have never experienced anywhere else. It's opportunity. And if you want to come and work hard, we will give you everything. That's it. Simple answer for me. Well, sets it apart, really, is the Fabian's core slogan, educate, agitate, and organize. It manages to do all three at the same time, which I don't think any of the other groups or affiliations to the Labour Party do in any meaningful way. Joe, by year-long membership, this is the most I've actually ever understood the Labour Party. This is the most I've actually felt like I feel you know, confident enough to comment on issues and not feel like there was a massive gaping hole in my knowledge. Um, it's really the chance to kind of discover ideas and also the intricate workings of them and break them down because I'm not scared to admit I'm still terrified by whenever I get presented with a white paper or something and told what does this mean I have to go away and do god knows how much reading but I'm hoping that like as I carry on my journey through the Fabians that it's going to get less and less complex and I'm confident that it will be so I would say that its ability to educate, to agitate for the right causes and to organise a pathway towards them is exactly why it stands out from the other groupings in the Labour Party. I think Adam and George said it um, much more eloquently than I will, but I'd just like to reiterate what they said, that it is about opportunity, but then I think the Young Fabians is a two-pronged talk in the sense that it's activism but intellectualism as well and I don't mean intellectualism in a way that excludes anybody I mean it's a thinking space for ideas it's a thinking space for you know policy ideas that you want to push forward but it's also an inclusive space so like Adam said it doesn't matter where you come from or what your educational background is it's a place where we can discuss ideas where we can critique each other um, and where we can also be activists. You know, we've got like, for example, BAME advocacy group where we are pushing for BAME liberation. We are developing LGBTQ plus group, you know, as a space to push and advocate for these rights. But then there's also the side of, you know, just sitting down and discussing ideas. And I think that that's so important because often in activism, that's the part that gets missed. And I think effective um, activism and effective policy change really encompasses both. Basically just agreeing with everyone else. Um, I think it's how open and welcoming it is. The fact that you know the leadership isn't, doesn't seem like so distant, like everyone's, cause it's so member led and everyone's just really nice. That's it really. I'm just gonna end the discussion there, but obviously thank you so much for all your contributions. I gonna admit i didn't actually know a whole lot before but like a lot more informed about you guys now and i hope that our listeners will join and i hope they enjoy this episode if you like this episode you can follow us on spotify left wingers and on twitter at left underscore wingers be sure to turn on notifications to be the first to know when a new episode is released you can also find the links to our spotify and twitter in the description don't forget, you can also join the Left Wingers community to see you on our Twitter profile for your chance to feature on our show like George and Amy did this episode. Stay safe and we'll see you soon.